0: Welcome everybody, this is Afro Leads the podcast. As you know, Afro Leads consists of two sisters, myself Steph and my sister Julie. We are on a mission to promote Black British business and culture. At present we have an Instagram platform where we post positive posts about Black business, groups, communities, celebrities, music and so much more.
1: Today we are joined by the lovely one and only Mr Sanchez Payne, who was our Man Crush Monday. This king has been in the spotlight since the tender age of seven when he was interviewed for and featured in the groundbreaking Seven Up 2000 documentary. Since then, Sanchez has honed his skills on the football pitch and played for Leeds United and Hyde United. Cut to now and Sanchez has enjoyed success in the music industry as a DJ with a residency in Ibiza and is also a music event organiser with his brands DBA Events and Legacy UK. Sanchez is also a presenter on BBC Radio Leeds where he currently broadcasts weekday evenings from 7 till 10pm. Check him out online, DAB or the BBC Sounds app for great guests, music and conversation. So, welcome.
2: (laughs) Hello. Welcome, Sanchez. Thank you so much for having me. I'm happy to be here.
0: We finally got you on with Trapture.
2: (laughs) No, it's not even that, man. It's just the ups and downs and everything. But we are finally here and it's going to be epic. It's well worth the wait.
0: Yeah, I'm glad you said that.
1: So could you tell us a little bit about yourself and your like background, just for those who don't
2: know about you? Well, as you said, I'm currently a radio presenter at BBC Radio Leeds weekdays from seven till ten, a job that I never actually saw myself ever doing. Initially, football was the was the career path that I kind of fell into. So I, I played professional football for Leeds United. And then from Leeds United to kind of now, I've kind of just winged it really. I'm not gonna lie. I've just kind of got, got in everything headfirst, said yes to everything found out how to do things later and just live my life with uh with the purpose of spreading positivity and energy in any place that i go but i don't know i feel like the sky's the limit so my everything i've done up to now has been great experience and i'm looking forward to really starting to hone in as you said with the branding with the events and with the djing so i feel like the the future is is very bright and exciting actually
0: I totally, totally hear that. Are you Leeds Born and Bred?
2: Yeah, man. Leeds Chapel Town, born and bred. I always put you Leeds know. on the map, on my map. And <laughs> Chapel Town as well. Because I've been to some really I've had the pleasure of being to some really cool places with my job and my role and stuff. And I always like to to shout out Chapel Town and the community that raised me and made me.
0: <laughs> What's your heritage, Sanchez? Do you mind me asking?
2: Oh, really cool actually. My four grandparents are Jamaica, Antigua, Aruba, and St. Kitts. So I've got oh all God, four a different bit. elements of, of the Caribbean mix, the island mix wine. But you know what's so cool, <laughs> though? It's so, it's mad how life happens. Like, my four grandparents all came to England at different times to meet each other, then have kids, and then had me. So I think that's mad. But it's mad that you actually asked you that question, because I've been wanting to dive deeper. So obviously, I know that I'm Caribbean, yeah. but of course, we're all from Africa, and I don't have my connection mm-hmm. to that. I don't know if I'm... Kenya, I don't know if I'm Ivory, I don't know if I'm, do you know what I mean, I don't know where I am, so I even though I know the Caribbean side very well I'm, I, I would love to see what my real heritage is at some point, so I'm going to go through that process in the future Oh,
1: brilliant!
0: Yeah, that would be such a cool documentary you've got to do it on camera, that would be amazing That's watching a that.
2: great idea That's a very good <laughs> idea It's so
0: lovely to see that journey Yeah. Like be kind of thing.
2: yeah. Absolutely
0: <laughs> <laughs> <laughs>
2: I'm down for that 100%
1: So have you been to any of the islands that your grandparents have
2: Yeah, so I have, let me think. So St. Kitts, yes, many times when I was younger. Aruba, I'm not sure if I've been, I feel like I've stopped off in Aruba very briefly Antigua I've been a few times and Jamaica the most prominent especially recently because my granddad and his brother recently built a house over there it's like the dream of you know people from the black culture to kind of come to the UK or wherever to find work and, and support their family and make an income and then go back home be it Africa the Caribbean wherever it is and build so my granddad actually lives the winter, he's over there in Jamaica. So he's over there now. And then when it's summer, when it's a bit over, he comes back. So yeah, he's living the dream. So Jamaica's the place that I, I go most. Right.
1: Oh, lovely.
0: He's smashing it, he's made it, I know. That's the dream. He's living it. He's <laughs> living it.
2: Sending pictures and video chat. I don't want to see you in the sunshine eating your <laughs> avocado that you've that you that you've pulled from the plants in the garden. Do you yeah. know what I mean? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <Different>. <laughs> <laughs> when
0: it's carnival what flags do you have like a plethora of flags or do you represent one one part of your culture or you're just representing all of them
2: do you know what it is it's about it's about all of them even cultures that are not mine i'm repping every single obviously i I rep hardest is jamaica that i'm closest to but you know all of them think it's Aruba, and antigua need to get need to get flagged up and (laughs) you know that you just made come an idea i need to get some (laughs) form of pajamas or some body wear where it's just like like boxers but like with all the flags stitched together and that, that'll be me some body paint and boxers that's me for next year <laughs> oh God.
0: How, how did you cope with it not being on this year because I, I mean my sister and I were not from Leeds but we're big carnival fans obviously mm-hmm. but when speaking to our friends that have grown up with carnival and I assume obviously being Leeds Born and bred, Chapel Towns it's, it's just it's in the veins of the DNA of you guys so how did you cope this year with it not being on
2: Steph, if you were to cut my wrist right now, carnival would pour out of it. That's how deep it goes. <laughs> like, you know the funny thing is, yeah? Obviously, everyone knows carnival for the dancing, the music, the culture, the vibe, and everyone kind of, it's like, yeah, it's the thing that you do. You love it, don't get me wrong, but it's a thing that you do. This year made me realize that it's way more than that. I knew it, I kind of yeah. knew it, yeah? But to experience the lack of it, it took something out of my soul. And I, that's not an exaggeration. I remember wandering the streets, like, just, just lost. That it's not only mm-hmm. the culture, it's the real, the essence of the food, the smells, the different music. Woman, you got the soccer there, then you got the bashment, then you got a the dance hall, then you got the old school reggae, and then you've got the the people that you don't see throughout the whole course of the year, because we're all living our lives. Yeah. You then walking down the street and it's yo, yes, oh your uncle and your cousin and went to my school and my old teacher and you used to live down the city. It's all that and it's yeah. and everyone's on the same vibe. You know, it's not like it's not like mm. any other festival because everyone's just on a goodness, drinking hand, food in mm. hand, and the energy is just unbelievable. So this year, I really struggled, but all it's done is made me realise how yeah, much that. culture means to me. So that's why that's what sparked me wanting to find my actual African heritage and stuff, and I want it to be real cultural throughout the whole year. Yeah. Because I realised how much yeah. I missed it when I didn't have that. Because it's like an intense crash course in getting all the love and culture you need. So without it, I was like, Oh what's going on? But yeah, twenty twenty one man. I'm I'm praying It's gonna
0: be big in it. It's gonna be big. I'm worried for the city of the city of Leeds is going to struggle, with, I think, if we don't have it.
2: With, oh, with me, because I'll be twerking and walking up on the town hall. Something's happening. <laughs> Something is happening. I don't care whether it's legal. You might hear Sanchez got locked up. No, what happened? Oh, apparently he hired the biggest batty gal that he could find, and he just was holding <laughs> wines up and down, Bridget. it. <laughs> uh, Chapel our Road. I promise you, man. There's going to something's happening.
0: It has to happen. I think everyone to. felt it, didn't they, this year? I mean, they, yeah. they did the virtual one, which was a really, obviously, fantastic that they could get that up and going. But like you say, it's, it's just walking down that street and seeing just a plethora of different nationalities because everybody mm-hmm. in Leeds gets involved, and people come from outside of Leeds, don't they? But mm-hmm. the food, the vibe. I think everyone's unapologetically them that one day as well, especially the parade day, no matter. what where you're from they just kind of give it 100% don't they
2: so yeah it's the fact that it's not only it's not about just black and Caribbean culture you see every culture you yeah. see every single culture mm-hmm. there in love and harmony and that's the difference in festivals yeah. in events in other kind of things you don't really see that like you kind of go there and you partake and it's just like, whereas this is everybody because that is that is a lot of the black culture is everybody's family it's, everyone commune, in black, yeah. white asian muslim religion whatever you are and i feel like especially yeah. with the way the year was going that was needed i yeah. thought that was going to be yeah, something to be like you know bring a bit of unity so when that didn't happen not only did we miss it i think we missed it was a big opportunity to bring some socializing that was well missed and still missed to this day unfortunately
1: yeah
0: 100 yeah,
1: well hopefully next year we'll be able to go ahead and i think there's a lot of things next year that will We'll appreciate more because we've we've kind of missed out. You know, sometimes you take things for granted because it just happens, but because of the breaks that have been put on this year, yeah, we've got a new appreciation.
2: Yeah, I think that's gonna apply to every little thing. Think about when we next get into a nightclub to shake a leg. Lord oh, mercy. Sanchez. Think of next time we can actually go to, you know, <laughs> something without a mask or hugs. Yeah. Hugs. Think about next time we yeah. can see someone and, and a hug and squeeze. Oh my days! The so first person I guess my hug, better not have any plans for the rest of the day. Uh, it's, gonna, it's gonna be, it's gonna be a long one. I need to pick it wisely. But now yeah, you're completely right, man. We're gonna, we're gonna make sure that we don't take any, any second, yeah, any, any time with friends and family because a lot of people have lost friends and family, people's jobs. Yeah. Mm. people are not going to take that for granted people are going to reevaluate their future and see if they're wasting any time at their current jobs and want to pursue a passion honestly I feel like there's lots of ups and downs but there's there's a lot of positives in that sense exactly like you said Julie about people not taking any second for granted again
1: I'm actually really fascinated about your involvement in the 7 Up 2000 documentary and I just really yes. how did because I remember watching <sighs> once before your kind of cohort but just thinking and yours but just thinking like how did it come about and Did you enjoy it and how do you think it's impacted you?
2: Do you know what it is? It's weirdly been one of the probably the biggest things I've ever been a part of, but because it's seven years apart, you don't realize until it gets a bit closer, until it gets brought up. So from the very beginning, the aim of the project it's seven up 2000. It was targeting seven year olds who who were seven in the year 2000, in that millennium. And the thought process behind it was to get many different demographics from all over the uk rich poor middle class black white asian single family homes double parent homes siblings you know all these different things that make up the uk seven years it's so funny i was talking about that today on on, on steph's show that was on it's got a religious it's got a, um, a superstition that kind of thing but also apparently scientific every seven years is a time where you, new friends new family there's a very powerful thing about that period of time so wow. what they do is they judge from from seven years old they'll ask you some topical questions some questions on relevant times and then they revisit every seven years up until 63 is the aim of it so at seven they they came around my school and it was me and my sister that showed them around and obviously me and my loud mouth from way back obviously made an impression Um, (laughs) but i actually thought it was quite a quick thing but it was out of thousands and thousands of kids that they had to then whittle down 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 so for whatever reason i was on it i'm grateful grateful to my parents for allowing me to do it because I was six at the time so I had no say in it. Yeah, so from 7, 14, 21 it was similar questions on the the environment at the time. You know, things that are happening. They repeated some questions so you can see how your mindset has changed through the years which is really cool. And then we've just filmed 28 so the impact that it's had is it's allowed me to see myself. I'm literally being documented over time. Like I don't have to Tell my kids that I was cool. I can show them. I can like, look me at fourteen, bad man. Yeah, that's your dad. You know what I mean? Like, no, or just but even for me. Like when when I look at me when I'm seven, I'm like, I can't believe that came out of these lips. And you know, yeah, I, I don't know if you've seen it on my Insta. I have to send you after. I I wrote a thing. I kind of got like a poetic music kind of vibe to it it was a letter to my younger self so there was a clip of me at seven and there was like where do you want to be when you grow up and i said london or hollywood it was like why and i was like no they said what do you want to why would you move there and i said oh to be a star and i was like this little seven year old with so much ambition and things. so i wrote like a letter saying i hope you're proud of the 28 year old i hope you're proud of what you come i hope you see this person and you're happy And it's literally that deep because that's gorgeous i love that yeah, it's, it's, it's just my whole life is being documented, the ups and the downs. And yeah, I'm, I'm just happy to be a part of it. It really is a blessing.
1: Do you get to meet the other people? Like, do they have like a rap party? Well, obviously not this year, but in other years where you'd get to kind of mingle with the other young people featured in the show.
2: Yeah, so in 7-Up especially, they did part of the documentary was that rap party where they got all, what? 20-odd kids, and we just had a big party. We were dancing. I'm just getting flashbacks like I was there. I remember the ball pit. I remember <laughs> dancing. and I remember doing a Michael Jackson kick. Like, yeah, I remember thinking, I'm going to pull this out of the bag now. These are got, got moves. Watch this. Boom, hit him with a Michael Jackson kick. And I think it's on, it's on camera. I'm going to have to try to find the clip. But, yeah, so we did that seven uh, at 7.14. I remember that as well. It was at a hotel. I was all kind of there and was with parents, of course. 21, we're adults now, so it's, it's more conversational, it's different. We didn't do a proper, proper meetup at 21. I can't remember why, but we had to do more promo. So I was on TV and news and stuff with different members of the cast. It's not even a cast, it's just a documentary and it's members of the people on it. And this one, we really wanted to do it, but obviously with COVID, we don't think it's gonna happen anytime soon. But everyone has actually stressed that they would love to see each other. And oh, that's proper. that's so nice. Because think about it, no one else, else can relate like even though these people might be miles away we are 20 people out of the millions that can understand what we're going through like a lot of people Mm. actually dropped out of it because they it's the word compartmentalizing where they were kind of planning for that seven year period to hopefully have something that they felt worthy to be on screen so they got there was a lot of anxiety and pressure whereas with me i was like well Whatever's happening, I want it to show. At 14, I was at Leeds United. At 21, I was leaving football. At 28, I'm not playing professionally, but I'm doing other things. Like It's real life. Where well, some people was like, "Yeah, Ugh. if I'm not where I said I was going to be or what's happening, they didn't want to be on it. So I think now at 28, a lot of people are coming back. And when we all visit each other and see each other and talk, I feel like the rest of them will kind of speak for themselves because we can, can all have a catch up and uh, yeah, it'd be, it'd be fun to do it as well. It's, it's really cool to see how people have changed. Like yeah. it's proper, it's mad. There was one girl who was the shyest girl at 14, then at 21, she's living in China, teaching English to Chinese. It's just unbelievable the way that there's there's extraordinary in every ordinary it's mad
0: you should be so proud of yourself though you should be thinking that seven-year-old that embarked upon the journey you are confident you put your name and your reputation and your heart into everything you put your name to mm. so we've seen you look at you know on the legacy awards you listen to on the radio everything you do is so sincere and full of passion so that seven-year-old oh, thank you she, she'll be so proud so 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 proud Thank you. I'll I'll transfer you that money later, that page, for saying
1: that. It's really interesting and quite sad to to hear that you said that some of your contemporaries feel that external burden and pressure. I'm sure it's not the show putting it on, it's just maybe they're kind of...
2: Yeah, it's definitely the show. They're they're, an extended family. They've known me since I was six years old. And it's the same producers, directors, cameramen. The same, the same... So they they know us more than we know ourselves. So it's not that it's literally it's you know what it is. As you can imagine, it's it's social media. It's the perception of yeah. everything where people are scared to show their true selves because that's not what people do. Not on the ground when they've had a bad day, or even if they are, they do it was to fix the hair yeah. and makeup or the fix the to just be in gym and it's like yeah I'm all good when really they're mm-hmm. not. So the realization of that is people don't want that documented when they're going through a rough time. Whereas mm-hmm. I'm like, listen, whenever you lot tell me you come in, you lot come. I'll see what I'm doing, and you can record it, and it's real. And I've learned that over time that I'd rather people love me for me than like me for who I'm not. So, yeah. And as you know, I me, mean, I'm just, I'm easy, easy, what it is in it. So I was like, "Yeah, man, roll the cameras."
1: Thank you. I've, I've always been really interested in,
2: in that. That nah, so is cool. But...
0: So, in terms of the football world, then, I have, I like football. I'm gonna put this out there, but don't, don't quiz me on anything, because I'm not that much of a, like a mega fan. I like anyone. football. If I had to, it would be Newcastle, only because I was obsessed with David Ginola back in the day. <laughs> so when okay, we had to hurt football, some, that's like
2: not, that's not a bad reason. I give you that. I give you that. <laughs> <laughs> <That's all
0: right. laughs> But so I'm not a diehard fan, but I do appreciate that the world of like getting scouted, the pressure for young lads, then you take it into a world where you're kind of in a Academy and it's like you live and breathe it, don't you? Mm-hmm. But what was your journey like, and how did you get into football? And what was your experience? Was it positive? Was it negative?
2: Everything. How long tell you me everything. We could do a whole podcast just on that, man. I'll try and get through <laughs> quite smoothly. So initially, from a young, what he was probably about seven, actually seven, eight. Too much energy apparently was the thing. So my mum, my dad, and my family said, "What can we do?" My dad was a dancer, but I was doing dancing. I was doing fashion shows. Then I got into football, and turned out I was actually good at it. So, from a very young age, at age eight, I was playing at under 11s. At age 10, I was playing under 12s. And I, obviously, people saw that I wow. had a talent. So, it started off at like Leeds City Boys. So, Leeds City Boys is your county team. So, it's, your, it's it's not yet academy, but it's some of the best players from the area. And we won everything. We won like three leagues, two cups. It was, yeah, like we just, we just took over. So, that year, loads of people got scouted. I'm talking Manu. Huddersfield, Sheffield United, Chef Wednesday, Leeds United, like everywhere, like that That was like a, I don't know what you, what you call it, like just, that was just a class of talent that year. And I got scouted to Leeds Shadow Squad, which was basically like a preparation group, like they think you, you're good, but you're not quite there yet, let's do some training sessions, see how you do. It was me and my cousin actually, Andre Wisdom, who's currently playing professional now, he played for Liverpool and Derby, we was in it together, but for us, we were just calling it Friday football. We're from we're, we're from the end, you know what I mean? We're like, oh, we're just going to go to Friday football. For not really clocking. Now it's silly because we drove into Leeds United grounds, but we was never on like the actual academy pitches. We was on like an astro tie. Right. So we was just like Friday football. We used to go there. I mean, him used to rip it up. It was just fun. And then obviously that probably made it easier to kind of fathom because we're playing and there's other players whose dads and stuff are like, they want their son to be the next best thing. So there's a lot of pressure. Right. Whereas me and my cousin, we were just playing. Like my dad was there, don't get me wrong, but it was just we was just doing our thing. Then I got called up to train with the academy, and that was just nuts. So that went from kind of fun to like, whoa. Like these lot were like little robots. And nice. like these lot were players that was so I went in at 11, 12. They've been playing there since it was seven in the academy. Wow. Like trained okay. and maneuvered to play football. So that was a nuts experience six weeks trial and after two weeks i was signed and from 12 years old i just went through the ranks man i, I just progressed uh, i got my scholarship at 16 um from 16 to 18 but i got that when i was 13 i think they gave me my scholarship that didn't kick it so i got that way early i got my professional contract when i was 15 but that doesn't start until the 18 so they obviously i saw a bright future for me and then Progress all the way through the ranks. And as I was getting towards the first team, that's where we had a big management change. And that's where my opportunities just just went. I just, whether it was face didn't fit, whether they just didn't see the potential or whatever it was, it was actually, imagine I came back from a tournament where I won play in a tournament out of a thousand players. Then I went from that tournament, went home, got changed, and I had to go, got picked up in a car to go to England trials. So I was at England trials, then came back, yeah. And then not long after that, I had talks say that, oh, we don't think you, 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 you'll you be playing for Leeds. And we were like...
0: That's mad. It doesn't make sense.
2: There's no logic. Yeah. No, a lot of it is that when people say politics, this is what a lot of... It's opinions. Like, if you was in charge of who goes through, it is largely your opinion, unfortunately. Mm. And if your face doesn't fit, it doesn't fit. Like, I've got so much love for loads of Leeds United staff and everything, but there, there was people that was, that was unfortunately the ones that made the decisions that didn't feel that I was good enough. So for about a year and a half, two years, because I had a big contract. They didn't let me go to any decent clubs. So I was staying there, wasn't playing. Finally, when that manager left, I got a chance. So then I was actually involved in the first team. And this is what a lot of people know me for now. This is where I was on the bench for the first team, you know, I got really involved in it. And then when my contract ran out, because that was towards the end, another manager took over. And then I didn't get a chance to earn another contract because it was already more or less done. So after that i went through to like lower league teams i was on trials and i played from different teams but it, w- it was never really the same and it was unfortunate that the passion slowly deteriorated as well because this is me being i was always a good person first person training last person to leave got on with everyone and a good player and the doors just get shut in in my face and i was like this is the maddest thing ever I used to go on trials and be like right i know if i by far I was the best player here and then there'd be excuses like oh you know we haven't got the funding or we haven't got this and that. And it was, everyone like it was like a blow to the chest. So it still took me a long time to realise it, that football might not be what I'm going to do. But it was, it, when that finally hit, that was tough, man. And that was only quite a few years ago when I realised that, right, this might not be it, so let me venture into other stuff. But I can never take away the opportunities that football gave me, the memories that I've had. But in an alternate universe where one that was a bit more fair, I would have still been playing professional football now
0: i'm heartbroken hearing that yeah it's
2: tough, man. it's tough it's tough
0: but this is like you've got like people see like the cheeky chappy side of you and you and you're like a like you mature with it but I, I suppose that growing up in that environment that's like kind of shaped your resilience and this this element of you as well you know that's, well, that's it's, really it's, tough to go through i think
2: it's that and and the support network from my mum dad and the family because many boys that didn't have that gone I've gone gone crazy like many people have I mean unfortunately there was a young boy who's 17 who just got dropped from Man City who committed suicide and this is, I this is, this is a,
0: yeah I saw that recently
2: this is a real thing like imagine you had Tip to be the next best thing or you know you've been having these thoughts and dreams of being a footballer and then if it doesn't happen which there's a massive percentage of footballers that don't make it it's about but when I say don't make it it's make it at their initial club yeah the next thing that needs to be in place not only mental health and making sure that they're if they come out of football they helped into education and other things there's a catchment issue in the uk this is my opinion if i left leeds united which was like a premiership level academy you should be going to championship league one league two teams easily easily to be kept in the football and then you know what it is you might work your way back up but for, for my when i was at leeds it was first team reserves and 18s and that's it and if you're not in any of them there's nowhere to be seen now it's a bit better because you've got 18s under 21s under 23s reserves so you've got a more chance of development but when I was coming through I was actually the transition era when I was going through it was when they was bringing these other things in so I just missed out so I left Leeds at 20 but then they just started the 21s and they just started the 23s as I left so if I was well maybe two years, two years younger, it may have been a total different story. So it's better now, but just like the example of that poor young boy that took his life, it's not where it needs to be because yeah. it's a it's a t- it's a tough road to know that your dreams uh, have been shattered, and if you don't have the support, then it's hard to recover from.
1: It says a lot about your so character sad. though as well. Like um, not to detract from anybody else, but in you know. For anybody I think you've got to know who you are independent of what you do what you do doesn't define you but if Mm -hmm. people um, don't realize that or it's not reinforced, you're more likely to spiral and and things but it's very difficult to deal with that at such a young age as you say if if everything has been geared towards that and also if it's not that your career was ended with injury or anything like that it's the kind of maybe not being in favor of those who can find that but thank you for sharing that it's really I'm sure you help a lot of people. And yeah, just be so honest about it. But yeah, thank you. No problem. So you've ventured into the world of music. Is music something you've always been passionate about anyway? Or is it something that you developed a passion for?
2: Well, as you know, like again, in the Black culture, music is just synonymous with life isn't it music is life like as babies we learn to dance before we can even walk and talk and whatever do you know what i mean before we can really function we can move and shake a leg so i feel like music for me i do feel that essence is deeper than just lyrics and throw some shoes. like i can't start my day or function without music like if i'm cooking something needs to be running if i'm (laughs) if i'm tidying up you you lot know you are know in the black household tunes running Saturday weekend, meaning you better it's chores, tidy up, clean up, whatever. If you're in the car, who can choose the music, what it's everything. So but music it incorporates so many different forms. So with music you've got dance, with music you've got radio, with music you've got Production, you've got actual singing and rapping, and you've got DJing and manipulating music. So it's all these things that I've luckily been able to have my hand in. But it's all come from the real passion of music. So yeah, it's it's, it is and forever will be a a massive part of my life.
1: Do you have a favorite
2: genre? I don't know. I don't know. I don't know. You have to, you know, it is. (laughs) I'm a real, I'm a real music guy. I'm real. So you, we could be sat here and. Like I say, carnival, bashment, reggae, dancehall, soccer. Then my mum growing up on Lovers Rock. And then you've got the, the R&B days where you just want to chill. You've got the deep R&B where you want to cry looking out the window. Then you've got the soulful <laughs> and, and them things that head down and get you, Julie. <laughs> then you've got the rap and hardcore where it's lyrics and battling and grime. And you've got the old school hip hop, yeah. which was voicing and it was... You know, setting up for what you believe in. And it was fight music, it was rebellion music. And then from everything, every, then you got rock and roll. And then I can listen to Queen and, and, and Louis Capaldi And you know, like these, there's diff, there's all different types of it that I can dip in and out of. In a day, I'd love to see what how many different random songs I listen to in one day, because it'd be nuts. So favorite genre, just off the bat, would have to be rap, maybe. I'm just thinking of J. Cole straight in my mind. But the, the rest are, are very close behind.
1: to quite an eclectic taste. And so I was just laughing because I can imagine if you're at home and if certain tracks are coming in, you're playing out of your room. you like, oh, don't go in there. Yes, yeah, actually.
2: Really if Luther Vandross, Dance With My Father, that's one. We're talking about that today. Oh. That's a big one. Or, or, even... Gotcha. even, even when you come to the rain, might not be looking out like it's raining. Dancing in the rain, get a bit of usher, letting it burn, thinking You, you know what I mean? I, like I remember seeing a thing the other day that saying, "Is it a real R and B track if you ain't got a guy dancing in the rain?" Hundred percent. Hundred
0: percent. That genre. Oh my god, I love R and B. Yeah, that man, would be mine, really. I think. really? That you go for? Yeah,
2: yeah. What definitely. are you, Julie? What's yours?
1: Uh I think as you say I think it very much depends on mood but if I, if I had to go for for one I had to go for one it would definitely be i'd have to say like garage and house music garage really?
2: i didn't yeah. oh garage yeah go on, Jay. yeah you know why cuz i went to um, garage nation oh, yeah, old school, old proper Garage Nation. Yeah. dum yeah. man Oh, don't get me sorry. With a little bit beats a lot, we can make it through the night. All them. Um, I even, even got Afrobeats as well, man. Afrobeats has become such an integral yeah. part of my life. Yeah, though. We can talk about music all day, man, jeez.
0: You spoke really well at the Black Lives Matter peaceful protest, and it was amazing because, like I say, I always hear and see Cheeky Chappie, Full of beans, Sanchez. <laughs> so to see you on a complete on on a platform in front of thousands of people and being so kind of raw with your emotions, it was really powerful. So that was one part of the event for me because I got really emotional watching you because I just see you I think of you like my little bro, like you're very you're two successful gorgeous black lads that are just yourselves and it's really nice to see you have your sort of stage persona and be able to just switch it up where you have to but also to be the natural side of it which was amazing but then you said something that resonated with me you said "Oh God!" something about the song Two Pack Changes to tell the story of that because that's what got me that's really? what got me when you spoke about it
2: okay. yeah I was really really um... emotional <laughs> uh, I almost I almost I almost went I think I did a am not in blubber. Bring it back. I, I give it a little, you know, the throwaway. <laughs> just a little bit. Um, so the so okay. Obviously, I'm a radio presenter. This is that's what I do. So I thought I have to come. I'ma come with that flex, but with emotion and passion as well. So I kind of wrote the core of what I want to say, the different points I want to make sure I address. And then I was in the studio, like I think it was like even a day before, a couple of days before. It wasn't long, and we played two pack changes. I'm introduced it, BBC Radio Leeds. Oh my day's got a banger right now. Two part, this song you will feel it in your heart, soul. Da da da, it's changes. Press play, and then. And then it hit, and then I was listening to the to the lyrics, and I was just like, I'm just getting shivers now. I was like, whoa, this has not changed. Like, this is could be this could have been brought out two days ago. This, I said, this is nuts. Whatever got Tupac to sit and write this and say this, whatever was in his soul, I'm feeling right now. And this was, I can't remember, I, I, I want to say 1996, I, I don't know, I've, maybe even before. I'm not sure when it was, but I was like, this is nuts. So mm-hmm. I just scrapped, I was in the studio, and I remember I just had my head down, I was listening to it. And the next song came in and I didn't do a link. I didn't do the link between that and the next, and I just had to press play. I just had to gather myself, because I was like, "Right." So then I scrapped my whole other speech, and then I just started writing in the studio. In between songs, I just wrote, 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 wrote. wrote, wrote, wrote. So whatever you heard that day, I don't think i even rehearsed it i wrote it and i didn't look at it again because i said when i read it i want it just to be authentic but the song and i was just listening to it i was like you know i am connecting with this song as if i was there as if he was here Mm -hmm. and that to me Mm -hmm. is the perfect example of the the lack of change i see no changes all i see is racist faces and it's just it's just yeah, yeah it, yeah, it hit me, man. To, to to think that he was speaking on a subject, and we're meant to have so much progress. And everyone there, you, you know, he even talks about we'd well, love to see a black president. We've had a black president, and has that made changes? You know, we, we've talked about there's war in the streets and there's war in the middle. East. There's been wars everywhere, but yeah, there's wars right home, right here. And, and mm. the fact that there has there been progression? That was me. Like, all right, all the hard work I'm, I've done, all the positivity mm-hmm. that, like. That side of me, like you say, that everyone knows, it made me stop and go, but what's it done? What have the matches done? What have the talks done? If I can relate to that song so much. So yeah, it hit me deep, man. And that inspired the whole real speech that I gave that day.
0: Well you smashed the speech. We were, I I remember thinking like like sober up, like stop crying, number one. And thinking, God, we have to follow we have to follow that. Bloody hell. We have to follow him. This Not is gonna silly. be. I a little I was
2: a little intro. You lot the stars of the show, man. I did a little intro for you <laughs> yeah. lot, man. Nah you smashed it. Absolutely Thank smashed.
0: Thank you, man. It was a it was it was a good powerful. day. It was very powerful.
2: Yeah, it was a, it was it was a good day. I do feel like I, I can't wait to I wanna continue seeing real, real, real changes. I, I I wanna bring back momentum. I don't want it to spark only every time we, we lose a black brother or sister or this injustice. I'm seeing some changes that are systemic, but nowhere near enough. I don't know if you seen the other day, mm. is it Greg Clark, the former chairman of the Football Association, calling black people colored, saying being gay is a choice and, and Asians would be doing sport more if it wasn't in IT. Again, this is a person. Remember, I've been in football. I've been and you're meant to be controlling everything. You the boss. You big boss. And you want to call, oh no, but I, I used to call them people of color. Where I don't want to hear no talking. But now and he's gone. But who's gonna replace him? If not Greg Clark, what? Steve Smith? Like to say to people. And like this, this is why. Like my approach is always nice and happy. But when I get real with them, it's like oh. It's got a bit of summer because i said to you i said to people yeah. how are you talking about diversity in a boardroom full of white men all white men yeah that's just irony it at its finest and then i tell people straight yeah. i want to be seeing black people in higher places asian people in higher places ethnic minorities different sexual you know religions everything in these places otherwise we're not seeing change because what you're going to replace the same guy with his twin someone that does has the same mindset and doesn't know about the times doesn't know about change so um yeah I, i'm still not necessarily happy where where we i'm happy with that period of time but I'm, I'm ready to see more man i'm ready to see more
1: yeah no you're right yeah. but in in some way small way i think there are small changes i think time will tell whether they're kind of legitimate or performative but i mean Somebody in his position could have said that and still been in his job. I think because of the current climate and kind of external pressures, he felt that he had to step down after making such comments publicly. You know, clearly this is his mindset and he's probably said it privately. But so that that in it in itself is really a change. Well, yeah. Yeah.
2: see, I hear that, but I not to play devil's advocate, but in a world where we'd he'd even mm-hmm dare try and stay on after saying those comments, you see what I'm saying, like, we, yeah. we shouldn't, I'm not saying we are happy yeah. with it, but we, it shouldn't be like, oh, he said it, so he's resigned, so that's a movement, it should be like, you create. You said that, you better run, never mind resign, and you yeah. should, but then, like he said other things before, and he stayed in power, he's done other things that are against the black communities and stuff, that I'm still staying in power, and then plus, it's like, if I'm a racist organisation, and one of my subordinate, one of my people said something racist, he had to resign, I'm like, oh, Greg, man, you got caught. That's more what it is. You got caught. This yeah. is what we're yeah. we saying. Yeah. We don't say it to, to cameras. Greg, come on. Then yeah. Greg goes. Bloody hell, Greg. Now I've got to get John in.
1: Yeah. No, you're right. You're who
2: who yeah. thinks the same, but John knows to say it to his wife and behind closed doors. Do you see what I'm saying? So for me, yeah. resignation yeah. Mean, means nothing. Unless you're bringing someone else in, I mean, i got no faith in the thing. So yeah, definitely more. Yeah. Accountability. You're right. I agree. Accountability. And then opportunity needs to follow. Ooh, that's yeah. I, might, I might coin that.
1: <laughs> I'm yeah, yeah. phone, phone out, write it down. <laughs>
2: <laughs> it's in there, it's in there. <laughs> but um,
1: yeah, who you know? I mean, yeah, I guess, I guess it's, we'll see, you know, they could apply the Rooney rule and have a more diverse line up to, to be even interviewed with the position but we don't want it as I say we don't want it to be performative we want it to be meaningful I just think
0: it's really fascinating here in your point of view because I always think like locker room chat is always like there's the corporate world and there's you know there's like a benchmark and then you've got a locker room like lad chat mm. and the background of lad chat has always been a bit more blue and it's been a bit more fluid when mm. it shouldn't be it should be just the same it should be just as polished it should just be as, as respectful but if, I think in terms of this element of like proper meaningful change I feel like it'll take longer in sports and it shouldn't I, I completely know I shouldn't be saying this mm-hmm. it shouldn't take longer in sport it should have the same momentum as every other industry but because I my per- perception of sports is very lad very banter I just feel that there's those those old school Traditional behaviors and mentalities will take longer to change, maybe. I don't know, maybe I'm wrong. So, uh, so but that's just my mindset. My opinion on that
2: is yes, and then a quick no. So, it is okay. in the, in the change room, a lot of things are more acceptable. There's a bit of banter. Like, if we're in the change room and they're bantering me on my clothes and stuff and say, cut these black lads think they've got swag and red, rare red, there's little tiny things that. You you don't just punch a man's head in for it because it's not. Do you know what I mean? It's a bit like if you build a relationship, same way there's a bit more leeway. Like I'm like you know your partner will be able to joke with you a bit more than a stranger on the street could. But as soon as every black person goes, no, that's not acceptable in every changing room. I don't care how comfortable. I was one of them people. I honestly, I was one of the first black people at Leeds United. Where no, I'm not, I'm not saying it that, but in my experience, where I was in a team full of white players and no fault of their own It's ignorance it's the thing people see ignorance as a negative it's only ignorant ignorance is only negative if you continue to do it when you have the ability to educate yourself or you deny the education that you've got so the ignorance that the players had was they never experienced black people so when i'm in there and there's certain things they're saying they don't know who what where or why so you've said it the first time or you, you you've asked a question i'm I'll, I'll happily tell you and then the behavior's changed so from the first day when i was at Leeds United to the last day, those players that I was with throughout, they've they've had a whole new, I can 100% hold my hands and say that they were going to, they could go into Chapel Town Road. They'll go to spot by themselves. Do you know what I mean? Because we've had that relationship, whereas their counterparts or their families who are living in the Harrogates and whether that I've never experienced it, they will never have that side. And I I made sure I was passionate about that. So I remember when I first went in, it was like, oh, you're from Chapel Town. Have you ever seen a gun? Have you ever heard about anyone that's been shot? Yeah, I'm like... Rah, that, that's what you think of Chapel Town. Again, ignorance. So what do you do? You educate. I took them all on the bus, we went to Chapel Town. We went to Dutchport, we went for food, we went to Port Newton Park, we played football at like the wreck. So I took them in the ends, I said, this is the ends. They were walking around seeing no one that looked like them. You know what I mean? Mm, but yeah. because of that, it then allowed them to be more open human beings. And some of them, I'm, most of them, we're, we're always going to be brothers because we built a bomb, but we're friends for life. And I know for a fact they would have gone back into their circles and slowly spread the education. The only thing I will say on that is in 2020, that's not the black person's job to educate. There's Google. Yeah? yeah? There's Google. Go find out. if you. And if again, just you, if you think it's offensive, it probably is. Oh, well, my, my yeah. other mate says I can say it. Try, try it to, to a stranger that's your test could, could you say it to a stranger oh well probably not well don't say it at all yeah. i don't even want to get yeah. deep into the even the n-word when people say well it's in songs why can't we say it yeah but you miss out the swear words when you're in the car with your grandma so you can't miss out the n-word what do you exactly. mean well if you say it why yeah. can't i because there's a lot of depth and, and and oppression behind that word and forget that i don't need to explain we don't need to explain to you if that's a word that's not for you leave it and the deeper problem with that is especially in in certain communities but people feel that they're entitled to it again right now we're we're living it is it's a european it's a white world that they're at all the high levels of the managerial of home owning and industries they own everything of course it's changing slowly but that's the majority of it so when you get told yes for everything because you can have everything live where you want and buy whatever house you want and you have no discrimination Now you're getting told, no, you can't say this word. It's probably not even the fact of they don't understand it's disrespectful. It's just the fact of being told, no, what? I can't, I can't say this, but my rights and... No, you can't, no, you can't. And we don't need to explain why. You should know why. But then, yeah, education is not for us to do. I'll happily do it. And I'm sure you guys will feel the same. If someone asks you on a level, you'll explain why you can't touch my Mm -hmm. hair. Of course, I'll tell you why. I'll tell you about the da-da-da. Why you can't say this, why you can't wear that. But it's not our duty. And that, that's the, the thing yeah. that I like to put out there because a lot of times, unfortunately, even white people think that it is our job. Well, okay, well, you've never told us why. And da, 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 da. Not for me to do. I'm here to live my life. I'm not entertainment that has to keep you updated with every episode, do you know what I mean? Sorry, a bit of a rant there, but I'm, I'm passionate about it, as you can see. <laughs> yeah.
0: No, I'm with you. Yeah. I'm with you. I'm tired. <laughs> the initial
1: question, because I thought, oh, well, you know, Girls play sport and it's not just like a lads thing. And in terms of the kind of changing room talk. No, but I I think
0: even girls, I think even girls, like I think even when I played netball at school, like I think there's a level of tolerance where or this sort of, there's a, a shield that goes down. And when you're in the locker room, and we are yeah. describing the enemy or the person on the opposition, sometimes you can get away with saying whatever and it's just, yeah, whatever, carte blanche, crack crack on. And that's, I, I do think that's going to have to take a while to change, whether boy no, or girl. Well,
2: I've seen the change. I know, I I, talk, I think that's so true. It is true. When you're in the locker rooms, especially with people around that you, you know, a lot of things can fly. But I do think that it's changed a lot. Like I remember even one time my coach was trying to say, oh, the kid, Mike, the big kid, there's about seven of them that are big. Oh, Mike, the one in black boots, the have got black boots Mark the woman in the red top do you mean the black guy yeah 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 that's yeah. fine to say like you're not going to say about the, the knee you know what I mean so I'm like yo this is what just don't so I'm so uh, at least people are aware of oh I don't want to offend but then there's that was just borderline stupid that was like listen there's the, one player on the team <laughs> identifying him by the obvious thing is that he's black but um, yeah no locker room's different but just myself, that they're, they're not having it. Look from look at look at every everyone's kneeling at every Premiership match. Like things are on job. Like back to what you were saying, Julie. The accountability with my man resigning. Even if the racist, they have to go back in that and then closets, and you can't do it because if you have one piece of racism now, you're getting clamped down on so there is there is a lot of change i'm very hopeful that it's going to continue to speed like a boulder like a snowball yeah i think it won't okay. get
1: i think to some people, mm. sport is actually more progressive and i think history has shown that because you know sport isn't separate from society but sport has often been used and has been used to demonstrate kind of a different way of thinking like you know yeah. even like Colin Kaepernick thinking. and
2: and that it's a even platform isn't that, it?
1: You know, the whole Black Power Salutes, the whole um was it the nineteen thirty six uh was it nineteen thirty six? Yeah, yeah, yeah. With Jesse, It's just so many things just that it, sport yeah. can actually bring to the fore that is kind of countering and challenging the status quo in like Western mm. society. So that, that's why I personally think sometimes I don't think sport necessarily is behind. Sport is still a part of society, so you still, because racism is in society, it's going to be within that. It's not a separate entity. Well, yeah. I actually think in a lot of ways it is more progressive or it can seem more progressive or it can... Has the potential
2: like, to be... Yeah, yeah, yeah.
1: Platform. And... So, yes, that that is... Yeah, yeah,
0: yeah. She always has to get the last word, Sanchez. Bloody (laughs) (laughs) hell.
2: I like it, I like it. It's good, it's good. It's good to have have slightly different opinions.
1: Yeah, and I was just thinking, you know, girls play sport. Have you ever been in a a female rugby changing room? I mean, that's very blue if you want to go there. It's just, you know, just open it up because sport is for girls. Girls really need to know and hear and see that sport, football... Whatever sport you want to do is for you because there's too many girls that when they're in school, by the time they finish high school, that they're not engaged in sport, and that's got to change. Mm-hmm. Get off. That's another soapbox, but
2: because, 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 yeah, no, I'm gonna say, yeah, no, it's true though. I'm, I'm, I'm here for that. I'm 100% here for. Like, I'm very knowledgeable to know that this world was tried to be adapted to be a man's world where men do everything and girls are just in the kitchen and all that, which I think is stupid. I think it's the only reason why that is and it just makes sense is cuz women are just 10 times better than men like you hey, can man. give birth you can have children and you might like that automatically <laughs> me not not this is not even bantering. this is not me this I don't even say this to get girls or to sound ooh looking oh, up no it's true you can reproduce
0: yeah
2: Do you know what I mean With like are strong man just- oh my day, women, and then just everything like you can do every anything and anything a man does. Of course, physically, from our genetics, we're bigger than whatever. But if you look from sport to academics to again, I'm talking about black people and ethnic minorities getting progression from systemic racism. Women as well. I, I, I need. I want to see women in more high places. And people like Donald Trump saying woman can't president because of the certain time of the month. And, people like that just need a slap
1: yeah well it's going
0: honestly it's crazy
2: (laughs) surely he's never been
0: happier that somebody's left well Well, he's going slowly he's fighting
1: (laughs) these next three months are going to be interesting but we don't have another four years even the fact that very interesting so much for the kind of wider world is annoying but anyway we'll move on (laughs) (laughs) So I, I am very excited to hear
0: your answer to our Melanin Magic question, which is, uh, what are your hopes and dreams for Black British culture in the next five to ten years? And do you have any ideas on how we're going to get there? So
2: my ambitions is really to boss up. This is kind of thing. So I, I like like stuff like this. I don't like to do too much research into it because I know, I know what I was going to kind of speak about. But basically, kind of touching on what we were just saying, I know that Black British culture is so integral to british culture on a whole to world culture and first of all i don't think it's given enough credit i don't think it's been given enough knowledge and acceptance in the curriculums i don't think it's been acknowledged whatsoever to the depth that we need it as far as education from younger children to high school and i also think it's not represented in any form of business or industry the only things that we see from british black culture that we appreciate really music sports and the typical things i feel like my ambition for it is for people to first of all know their self-worth and know what they bring to the table i know sometimes that we are the whole entire table but we think that because the tables in a room that's owned by a nationality that's not ours that we're not entitled to it and that might be a bit of a muddled up analogy but it's like we can even put it to music we can make a great track but we've got to go through so many different people and and businesses that don't, with people that don't look like us, how are they gonna represent us properly? So I would love to see the progression of people falling in love with education again. Education, studies, business with things like trades, learning a trade, and, and finding the tools to be at some point self-sufficient. And I feel like that will only come with more education to know with how important it is. The same knowledge is power, and a lot of people take that in, into different ways. But I feel like that's something that we kind of really need to get back to. It's not cool anymore with with social media and influencers. as well. It's not cool anymore to be smart, to be knowing. Whereas if you look back at our culture from even Africa and the Caribbean, that like we used to be so, so savvy and be able to be so intelligent with building making and agriculture and everything so for the next five ten years because that was the question i don't know whether that's going to happen i can see an already a change i can see an awakening i can see an awakening happening i can see people becoming more self-aware people more happy with the skin that they're in i want to see that absolutely flourish to the highest heights, I'm seeing more black women with more natural hair, I'm seeing more black men talk better about black women in music and songs, I'm seeing more black men hold themselves up in high regard, I'm seeing you know more black love and more people being unapologetically themselves and that's what I want to really skyrocket but then the evidence of that is people higher up in these media companies, people Higher up in football, in sports, in local business, in you know, in agencies, in law firms. I want to see it everywhere, everywhere because we got we got a long way to go. Like you would have seen the story of the the barrister that got mistaken for one of her clients. Yeah. Um,
1: four times in the. Four segment. times.
2: In a sense. And then so spoke, we spoke on via Twitter and she was on the Steph show as well. So even in that industry, there's people making waves, but obviously not enough. And that's literally because yeah. it's so uncommon to see a young black woman in that facility. They were like, oh, you must be waiting to be represented. No, I'm the representation. For the next five, 10 years, I want the melanin magic to take over. We're going to be Hood Potter. Forget Harry Potter. We're, you know what I mean? We're, we're taking it from the streets <laughs> and everywhere else. We're, we're taking... Hogwarts to a whole another level and we're doing it with so much pride in oneself. Second part of the question was what, more how?
0: Yeah, how do you think we're going to get there?
2: Education, so everything that I've just said, again that could sound great to everyone's ears oh yeah that's buzzing but then how where do I apply how does university work how can I go to university later in life what courses do I need to be this how long does it take is there funding is there support again when we look at racism it's not just what we see now and being called the n-word it's the fact that we were denied access to wealth hundreds of years ago which means if someone in my family wants to go to university you have to get scholarships or you have to find the money or you're in debt whereas other families that have the wealth from slavery days are able to have opportunities. With money comes opportunities. You can open a business. The best one that I love is Donald Trump himself. I started my whole business from a small loan of a million dollars. What do you mean? Yeah. Like, what? <laughs> like this is, this is something that we don't have. I know someone, a friend of a close friend of mine, just the normal average girl and we was out drinking. This is back in, obviously, when drinking times happened. And she was like, oh, yeah, we're a bit in a dilemma. We don't know what to do. So I was like, oh, I might not know about it, but I'll give you some advice. So, well, yeah, well, my mum's just given us a house, 400 grand of a house. We could either keep it or we can sell it and flip it and whatever. What do you mean? She just gave you a house worth 400 grand. She's like, yeah, it's just one of the houses. And she's giving it to me and my sister. So I was like, in that. I went silent for a bit. She didn't know why. I didn't really tell her at the time. I told her later on. But I was like, this is the conversations that's not happening in the walls of black people's ha- in the majority. So this is the things that where, where when people think that, oh, racism's over and everyone's equal now because we've got a Jay-Z and a Little Wayne and we've got Beyonce and we've got some football. No, like the wealth gap is nuts. It's mad. So education in oneself, business, stop spending money on n- unnecessary things and group with your five friends and rather than buying tickets to go see a show or to get the latest Jordans, put a business together, how to do it, how to get a, you know, PLC, LC and the different types of business things you can do and, you know, fall in love with education. I think we need to. I think those who are in places like even maybe myself in the BBC, spread my story, how I got into it, what you need. I feel like to get to this point, the black people that are in the places need to turn around and, and put their hand out. This is how I do it. These yeah. are the avenues. Here's my advice. Here's what not to do. Here's what to do. And really pave the way. In the next five, 10 years, if we want to see real change, anyone that's already made it through needs to turn around and say it to their masses and let people be be an example and also set a clear path of how people can follow in their footsteps. You don't just have to be a footballer or a rapper. There's so many other ways that you can be very successful and you have more than enough ability to do so so i'd say pathway evidence and support and confidence and self-belief will take us to where we need to be that was deep very yeah, deep okay. and I love <laughs>
0: <laughs> yeah absolutely love it there's so uh, much there
1: i love it yeah the you education piece
0: in. is huge as well
1: it's good and it's you're so right in terms of what we can do and every i think sometimes people think you've got to get to a certain point before you turn back and, you know, and help. But if you're on a, whatever stage you're at, you could, there's always someone else that you can turn back. I think I remember seeing a program and somebody describing what you just said as like lift as you rise. So, there's no way of you know you
2: stealing that one as well. Stealing yeah. that one. <laughs> yeah. Stealing that one. Lift as you rise. Yeah, that's. I that might now okay. me a tattoo. You know, man. let me have a look. <laughs> that's-, that- that's 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 hit me. I like that one. That's mad. You could be aiming for level ten, but if you're on level two, there's someone on level one. No, yeah. Yeah. So you're in for level ten, I see it, but and I get it, it's because it's so tough. You might want to be so focused on level ten. Once I get to level ten, then I'll help my people out. Mm-hmm. Nah, brother. This yo, listen, boy, there's a little shortcut to level two, you know. If you go around the corner, up them steps, you know what I mean? Like it's it's that level yeah. of support. Yeah, my lift as we rise. Don't do. be surprised if you see me like, tattooed that tattooed on my forehead. <laughs>
1: see you <laughs> definitely demonstrate that. And yeah, you're it's really, yeah. really Such an honoured that you even consider coming on our little podcast and you really like it's so great to have you on and you know seeing you in in all your different kind of you're a very busy man different things you're doing but yeah you just you do exemplify that so you're already doing it so keep doing it and for our listeners who don't already know you but have been inspired and want to know more how can they get in touch with you
2: so my name is Sanchez Payne my socials Instagram Sanchez Payne Twitter Sanchez Payne Facebook Sanchez Mr. Lees Payne as I said I'm I was wrapping my city, so when anyone used to type in, now because that was before when that was the biggest one. Where's Mister Mister Leeds? You know, I think that's my Twitter. As well, to be fair, <laughs> is it? Is it there? You go. See <laughs> uh, LinkedIn, Sanchez Payne, and yeah, man, get in touch. I'm all about this positivity. We're currently filming this throughout a, a really tough time, so you know, love needs to be spread now more than ever. And then once we are back to whatever normality is, it needs to continue because tough times no doubt will, will come again but tough times don't last tough people do mm-hmm. so let, let's be in it together spread love and positivity and i'm always here to to respond and, and spread love i'm always very approachable as anyone will know and come chat to me like you're my best mate we'll be there for time so good vibes good energy always
1: no, thank
0: you so much I just love Sanchez. Yeah.
1: <laughs> no, no wonder
0: you are on Man crush Monday. You are just lovely. You're such a nice guy. Man- call Man- <laughs> <with> the and <laughs> <in> that. Yeah. <laughs> <It's> so <funny. laughs>
2: oh sorry
0: about me. Please follow Sanchez is amazing. He's really active on his social media and I often just sometimes just especially on your twitter you're quite active on your twitter as well so sometimes when i'm having a bit of a break and just uh, flipping through <laughs> all your little quotes and i know you follow the secret yeah. as well through, through mindfulness and things like that so i know you share course. loads they do follow yeah. you're amazing yeah. but that is it from us today so thank you so much to the one and only mr Leeds sanchez pay thank you so much for joining us it's been an absolute honor Too thank excited. you so much
2: no thank you seriously thank you both for being here man you know that me love you like cook food on, on, on a sunday dinner man so thank you so much for having me love this <laughs> love everything that you guys do and that you stand for uh, this is something that, that's not going to stop because it's, it's needed every time i see a post every time i see you know anything put out there i just think yeah man just just keep it going because something like that is needed now more than ever and it, it should never stop we should always be proud of where we're from you know and it because it helps us go you know where we're going so keep up all the good work and thank you so much for having me on man
0: Oh, thank you. Oh, thank you. (laughs) And to everyone listening, join us again next time.